start. Okay. Welcome to the House Must Be Full season two. Um, I'm really, <clears throat> I'm sorry, I'm really excited to have my first guest, um, not the first guest of the season, but she's the first one I'm recording this year. And a um, little content warning, um, this episode we're talking about something that maybe um, you might feel like you're not ready to listen to or not, you're not a good place for it. Um, if you have any issues with eating disorders or you're not comfortable hearing us talk about it casually or even like in a joking way, maybe skip this episode because um, we're going to have a little bit of fun with it because I have my own history with it. And Molly's talked about it on her, on her podcast a lot in a lot of different ways because she has like a really cool lifetime podcast. So just if you're not cool with that, you should skip this one. Good call. Um, so yeah, this is my guest this, um, is Molly McAleer. She is a host of Mother May I Sleep With Podcast and Please Advise. And um, she is my podcast, I don't know, queen. Like I admire you Honey, so much. thank like, you. Oh I my God. I'm a huge fan of Mother May I Sleep With Podcast. I feel like it's my favorite thing is cringy movies and like, <laughs> not necessarily bad movies, but movies that, yeah, bad movies. And what I find, I think they're so bad, they're good. I honestly oh, have why. to say, like, I think I started the podcast thinking that these movies were going to be, like, kind of, like, corny and shitty, but then I forgot that I, like, absolutely love these movies for a reason, and they are super entertaining. They're just, like, a little bit off. It's like a regular movie, but just a little bit off. Yeah, exactly. But there's a couple that we watched that I honestly think could have run in theaters. Like, they had that potential. Yeah, I, yeah, I think I can... Think of a few, especially like Deadly that. Honeymoon was like a real movie. Wait, which one? Deadly Honeymoon or some? Yeah, it's the one where the guy um, drowned his girlfriend on oh, Earth. Right. Oh my god! On, First of all, that yeah. case in general, I love that case. Like I, because it took place in Alabama, and I'm from Alabama. Roll Tide. Um, oh, I mean, I don't care about. <laughs> <laughs> I just, I had no idea. I knew that that was like a big expression in Alabama, but I didn't know till I watched that movie that it could basically be used as like punctuation on a sentence. Yeah. Yeah. Like, it, it, just the amount it's of like a greeting high. to people like in high school or in all school, obviously people like, cause we were, we, I grew up next to Auburn and their okay. like, chant is War Eagle. And uh -huh. so you're either real tight of War Eagle and people like greet each other by saying that thing and like if there was a game day and like your my teacher's team didn't win it would be like we wouldn't do anything they would just like kind of mourn for the day and like not do, let us do right because they were so sad about their team losing yeah because there was that scene um where like the guy has like a very the husband has a very intense conversation with one of his business associates i believe and then he gets off the phone and he's like Okay, well, roll tide. Like, literally, like, that was how we ended a serious, what seems like work conversation. And I just yep. was like, that's, that's wild. Yeah, it's like a, it's a greeting. It's a punctuation. It's like a sign off. It's like, I think roll tide might be one of the most diverse couple of words in our language. It is, but also war eagle is used equally. Like, whatever, I think it's, I don't know the other I think it's just those two teams in Alabama. But yeah, one of those two, people just like use it to end a sentence or like say hi to each other. God bless. I love that. It's so, I don't know. I hated it because I grew up with it and like I didn't, we didn't watch football in my house or we didn't care about it. So it was like, it was just like insane to look at from the outside. Yeah. Wow. Imagine living in Alabama and not watching football. I don't watch football. I'm from Massachusetts, but I feel like that's like your whole thing. Like you guys, that's your thing. It is like, it's like, instead of like, I don't know any other claim to fame. It's like life stops for football. 
Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Damn. Well, I'm glad that we have full house. I know. It's it's a great unifier. It's everyone. Yeah, TV was like raised me. That was my thing. Like TV in general, like any kind of like sitcoms. TGIF in general too. Like that was my life. TGIF was the jam. I don't know how if we're in the same age bracket or not. I assume we are if you grew up on TGIF. Yeah. Um I was born in eighty eight. Okay, I'm 84. So like, okay. yeah, we were yeah. slightly, I mean, I definitely loved that. I remember when TGIF started, this show wasn't originally on the lineup. It, or, yeah, no, oh, it TGIF wasn't. wasn't a thing. I think it started, TGIF started like early 90s and this already started like in 87, I think. I think they did a thing where they moved it to TGIF and then moved it to Tuesdays. I remember it was on Tuesdays because it was just like, well, Full House was such a big part of my childhood. Like, su- I, such a big part of my childhood. That's what, yeah, I was going to lead you to the other question. Like, what's your history of Full House? Well, um, I think that I started watching it. Um, the way Full House started, it's always interesting to, like, read about the history of this show or, like, watch, like, the unauthorized Full House movie, which is a great Lifetime movie. Um, I, I, like, it's... I the so the first season was very slow and they almost canceled the show altogether because of it being so slow but then they managed to this is when they said like we should run it the whole summer in the same time slot so they got it to pick up and I remember my aunt was a second grade teacher and I was like in kindergarten I think my mom was like Molly watches like adult shows like Molly <laughs> Molly looks forward to like adult television shows and like we need to find her something for kids and um because my mom was like really young and there was just like I don't know if you're from a family like this my friend Troy is like this like their our rating meant like nothing in my house like my mom <laughs> let me watch pretty much anything very young um but then like got weird about it when I was a teenager and I'm like it's too late now it's way too late you took me to see Philadelphia when I was seven uh, uh, <laughs> but, yeah um but yeah so I started watching Full House because she said like all of my students are obsessed with it all the girls talk about Full House all the time and it became my show I had been like a big punky Brewster girl and stuff like that up until then but Full House became like so important to me and every Tuesday it was appointment television you know obviously, you know, we grew up with no DVR or anything like that. So like you had to have your ass at home or you were not going to see that show till later on in the summer when they were doing reruns. So, um, yeah, it was like a, just like a, a great show throughout all of like basically elementary school. And I remember in fifth grade, um, it was announced that they had canceled the show. And I remember just like, crying like what I found out it was like someone died and then like I watched the final episode and like it was I think I like sobbed after because this show was like not only great on the air just like as it was rolling out but they also went into syndication really early so if you were watching tv after school 90% chance full house was going to be on yeah yeah I feel like same way like I like it started like a year before I was born so I like literally grew up with Full House um and I remember like a big part of my childhood was copying Michelle and like getting attention by doing whatever Michelle did because like I don't know it's like my big like my memories as like a two-year-old or three-year-old is watching Full House and like seeing that oh Michelle does this thing and she gets attention and people laugh so like I'm gonna do that exact thing and like repeat exactly what she says I can get attention 
It's so interesting because we don't have this anymore, but like if our, even you're young too, so I don't even know if like a little bit younger, if this is, Michelle was, Mary-Kate and Ashley Olsen broke out in a way that I, no one has like since in my mind, like America will have a phase with like a child actor, but she was a sensation. Like she was bigger than, or as big as Urkel. Like just these girls were, they swept the nation by storm. Um, I actually really wanted to try and figure out if I could track who is who and which scene during this episode, but I um, got a little lazy with it. It's also they're at that age where it's a little hard to tell. Yeah, they definitely like once they get older, it's easier to tell. But I can I'm pretty good at it. Um, but since I, I I like got a DVD set like when I got out of college, and I like watch it a lot as an adult, so I can like I'm a little bit better than most people at like telling them apart. Um, but yeah, I was obsessed with them. Like they're like I don't know if you you were probably too old to like you're just a shot of like their like mystery stories and like their dvd yeah that was like if i had been two years younger that would have been like interesting to me i think that i always sort of had more of like an admiration for candace cameron like i thought dj was like i mean obviously my sis my sister jody sweeten um you know it's like you can't really that's the whole thing. The funniest part of my like obsession with Jody Sweeten is that it, it. I did not like love Stephanie when I was watching the show. I thought she was hilarious, but like DJ was my favorite. And so to grow up and <laughs> really like you know wind up being completely obsessed with Jody Sweeten, it was an unexpected thing for me. Yeah, I mean, through watching this podcast, like one of my guests, um, Heather, she said that like she hated DJ, but I think she thinks it's because like she saw herself in DJ and it was like hard for her to accept that. Because yeah, I, I I didn't know how good Stephanie was until I started rewatching it as an adult, and like she is insanely talented. Like she, she's the like, jokester too. Yeah, saying like she's like dances and like she's just like absurdly like even in the first like the pilot episode like she was like the main like draw for that like the most entertaining part of the pilot episode it's like her and like her like comedic timing and the guys are kind of like secondary in that part yeah and she just sort of had it too I think that she had been on another sitcom before this but when you read her book like she doesn't talk about really going to any sort of like young acting classes or whatever she just had like a knack like a, a natural rhythm which is very rare I think in child actors she just really could turn a joke yeah I think yeah I feel like it's they got like they got lucky with all of them like they're actually even the guys they're all like actually really talented like um John Sims is actually a really talented like singer and like musician and like he's like good at being smoldering and like um Bob Sack is a really funny comedian and like Dave Coulier is like corny but he's actually like good at impressions like they're actually really really talented people it's just fascinating to watch them do like shitty writing and like work on like a not great like a not greatly written show but like they like punch it up through their acting and like their actual talent it's just fascinating to me yeah yeah um I mean it's a great show it's a perfect show I agree I agree. My theory is that like it's our generation's happy days and it needs to be like treated as such. I agree. I agree that it's like, so I think that with like Fuller House, we really did get to see that there was this appreciation for it that like transcended a lot of those big comebacks. Like, like I haven't really seen much of like one day of 
one day at a time, but I also mm-hmm. like am not desperate to keep, well, that's all different characters in that, I guess. But like, let me think of other reboots. Like Roseanne, I just couldn't even bring myself to really, yeah. it was so hard. For like a because, lot of reasons. Yeah. yeah. Oh, duh. And but like, yeah, it, that show was like, oh God, I was talking about this last night at a party with like someone else. This guy, um, was in drag, full drag. Um, and doing multiple outfit changes all night. And at one point just like said to me out of nowhere, he goes, I miss Roseanne. And I was like, I do too. I was like, I don't know why you're bringing this up, but same, like literally that was my favorite sort of like comfort show. um, So you don't want to see necessarily all characters come back, but Fuller House, I was ready for it. I wanted to catch up with my girls. Because I feel like, yeah, they were like in like the alternate reality of the time where it was like everything was like perfect and like everything was like they fit into their own kind of universe. Whereas Roseanne was like, it was doing something different. We're like soaring like working class people. And I feel like it's hard to like recreate, it translates differently in 2019, like what's working class now versus what's working class then and like how it looks. But like with Full House, it's like, yeah, it transcends time, honestly. Yeah, it's um, it something though. I it's interesting for a show that came back and was so popular. I don't. I still don't think it's like hailed as the amazing show that it was. I don't think that like they did all those. Like we're getting so much for Friends, and I'm actually one of those people that sort of I don't give I don't give a shit about friends like either way it was I liked it when it was on but it was also like I was very young I don't have like this insane nostalgia for it but I uh I wish that they had done more of that stuff for Full House I think it's also a little bit difficult for them to do press so because of like Candace Cameron being so religious and all this yeah, other the Olsen stuff. Twins, right there. Of- it's kind of like the yeah, elephant in the room with the Olsen twins, which I don't blame them. Like I respect them not wanting to do that. That's like they're literally their whole life and they want to put it behind them. Like I, I don't fault them for not wanting to do anything with Fuller House. I mean, they just don't need to. They simply don't need to. Like I was thinking about even like a friends reunion and I was like the only person who could potentially like have something to lose, quote unquote, from doing that is um is Jennifer Aniston. Like, cause she has such a viable, like she's so wealthy from like all of her other acting pursuits. Like the twins have no reason to come back and do this. Yeah. They're not. And I also don't think they ever, I don't, I don't think they wanted to be actors really ever. It was something that they were sort of born into and, um, you know, grew to love and enjoy it. But like, it was the only life they knew. I think at this point, if both of them want to go away and marry 80 year old men, they can. Yeah. Honestly, like good for them. Like I can, they gave us way too much anyway. They've given us more than enough to like, they're giving us enough content to last us the rest of our lives. So they're fine. When you just see, though, that, like, Mary-Kate, like, straight up married, like, a 70-year-old man, like, you you have to say to yourself, like, that is, you, like, go match with your partner, right? Like, she mm. is someone who is probably fucking exhausted, and that is why she is with a 60-year-old man. Like, Honestly, they're probably on the when I heard When I saw them, with who they were dating, I was like, oh, yeah, makes sense. That tracks. Makes yeah, sense. exactly. Exactly. Um, okay. Yeah, so, so this episode you picked is dope. Yeah. I mean... <laughs> Let's get into it. Let's like start. Cause I'm gonna go beat by beat with the whole thing. Oh, okay. Yeah, I was just gonna. It's a total classic. This is like a good window of time for this show because yeah, I like I didn't remember the details of the episode. I just remember that scene at the gym when she falls down. And I like, yeah, I'm also kind of fuzzy. I think this is like what season is this though? It's um season four. 
Yeah, it feels very. It, how many seasons did it go? Six, nine. Oh my god, are you kidding me? Nope. Um, why did yeah. I think six? Because I don't know why, but it was on for nine years. Yeah, because think about how old American Nashley were. It was like they were eight or nine when it ended. Oh, that's right. That's right. Wow. Yeah. But how did it go off when I was in fifth grade? Yeah, it feels different. Like I, how old was I? I was like six. Yeah, I was like, yeah, I was like really, it seems like it was on forever, but I was really young when it went off. Damn. Um, okay. Well, yeah. Um, I think this is like the, one of the sweet spots of age on this show because like DJ isn't fully a teenager yet, but like Stephanie is like, you know, Michelle can have laugh lines and stuff mm. like that. Stephanie's sort of like an awkward, like, you know, fourth grader or something. Yeah. What, she's like slipping into her middle childness here. Yeah. Fully. All right, so in the cold open, Michelle woke Jesse up early, and apparently her favorite cereal is called Fiber Bears. Yes. Um, which is super misleading because it's straight up Teddy Grahams with milk. I love that you caught that too, because I literally was like, those are chocolate Teddy Grahams, and then I wanted chocolate Teddy Grahams so bad. They're like so my long. favorite the last time cookie. You had a chocolate Teddy Graham. But like, what kid's cereal has ever included the word fiber in it? I don't know. It's like a trap because I read the, I paused it and read the um, box. It's called Honey Coated Fiber Bears. It's the name of the cereal. Kids love their fiber. You know, they just love their fiber being addressed on the box. What a classic. Maybe it's like a trap where like the parents see it and like, oh, it must be good for my kid. But it's actually just like sugar, like the rest of the cereal. I don't know. It's it's interesting that they named it that. Um, yeah, but the props, like always thinking about like the props, not just the box, but whatever goes in that box, like fascinates me. Like whoever put that together. It's all, it's art. It's all art. Um, yeah, it is. And so, yeah, she dumps the bowl, all the um, cereal into a bowl because she's looking for the party bear toy. Um, yeah. And that's like the big gag for it. Also, like, it's like they're already like hinting, hinting at like food and like consumption here. Yeah, it's like she wakes up, Michelle wakes up Jesse to get this cereal. And then, uh, you know, little does he know all she wants is the is the toy inside. And then he's like, well, she's like, what about your breakfast? And she goes, I'll take two eggs over easy. Thank you. Honestly, and, and I, with that part, like, I don't know how old, I think I was an adult by the time I knew, like, how I liked my eggs and, like, how to communicate that to people, like, how I wanted to eat my eggs. Okay, shorty, what cereal you been bugging your Uncle Jesse to buy for breakfast? Fiber Man! You got it, dude. I'm glad I woke you up. Me too. You hadn't come in and jump on my stomach, I'd have missed a beautiful sunrise this morning. I'll get the milk. Two eggs. Over 80. Thank you. Like, what, what, like, child that age wants an over easy egg? That's like, I mean, it's, it's just too runny. It's too runny. Um, but yeah, no, I, I loved that how that punchline was something that would come out of like a 50 year old man's mouth because that's probably who was writing the show. Yeah. And, and on that's one level, but also, Danny Tanner is probably an odd parent. Like, they have a really odd living situation. So, honestly, like, yeah, fine. She wants her eggs over easy. It is interesting that she woke up Jesse for her breakfast. Yeah, I liked, yeah, it's like, 
the parenting and the, or the lack thereof um, with them, and like how, who they choose to go to for what, it's like really interesting. Cause yeah, later on we see that Joey actually cooks something like pasta, or like pasta sauce from scratch. It's like their skills very as in part these men just quit their fucking lives they quit their lives to go raise these children it's unbelievable when you like, think yeah, about no experience like no yeah like i'm going back with the other episodes i'm doing this year is going to be more of the first season um because when, and like track the like beginnings of it and like how like they like the first two episodes the first three episodes are the first three days of them living there and like they had no plan at all for this whole setup yeah. No, I, um, it, it's really, it's crazy to think, I mean, let's be real. People die. Okay. And it's, it's awful that their mom died, but like not everyone quits their life every time someone dies and moves in and raises these children. Like and that's the fascinating part. Like what, like what's going on in their lives where they're like willing to quick. My sister has kids and like, I'm like a, even older than Jesse was when he moved in. I was like, I can't do that. Like I'll like, if they have like no one else to take them in, I'll do it. But like, I'm not moving in with her. It sounds kids. like there should have been like in any real scenario, some necessary boundaries and also like sort of a timeline. Like maybe this wouldn't have gone on for nine years, but um, yeah, it's uh, it it's a really unhealthy codependent house. Honestly, like, it I boggles have, like, my mind. About, like the house being haunted or like possessed by this lady who's, who's like um, agoraphobic and like likes is codependent but honestly they are codependent all of them they, they can't be alone or like be unhappy with each other or like leave the house they're really just like dependent on each other to like an healthy extent i think that makes total sense i like buy in on that 100 percent. yeah it's um, the, the logic and like the brokenness of everyone it's like fun to point out or like pick up on stuff in different episodes because like they're really broken inside like danny has like a like a literal ocd like actual ocd I mean, I would just think it's like, yo, if you like have to wake someone up, if I was Jesse, I'd be like, okay, cool. But the kids can't wake me up. You still have to go to your dad. The ease with which these like two other men blended into the family. I know that one was their uncle and one was like a family friend, but like for them to all of a sudden just be comfortable going to all these different people with all of their life issues. It's like, was Danny ever that good of a parent? No, he wasn't. He was absent. I think her, the, the, his wife took on a lot of the parenting and he just was there like at work. Um, the, the, I have an episode I'm going to cover is like tracks on who, like the tension between who's going to be like the woman of the house between Danny and Jesse. There's that obvious tension like in the first season about like who's going to like actually um, go to work and be like the quote man of the house and who's going to be at home. Um, yeah. Did you know Bob Saget gave his character OCD? I did not know that. What? Yeah, like he was the one who was like, Danny needs like a thing. Like he needs to be like addicted to cleaning or something. Where did you, was that from the Lifetime movie? I think I, I think I read that or it was in, no, I think I read that somewhere. Okay, I believe you. Yeah. And, um, I mean, maybe I'm wrong, but I believe that he like pitched that to them and said like, Danny needs to have something like funny that he's sort of obsessive about. And it is like the perfect joke for the house, just in terms of how the cleaning gets done. Like it's a very basic thing about the mechanics of that house that Danny sort of like, like Bob Saget's character wanting to do that sort of excuses a lot of the other areas in his life where he's hands off. Like that house is spick and span. An episode um, in the first season where like 
Danny's clearly going through like a depression thing. You know, like how you don't clean when you're really depressed. Like the second yeah. thing you notice that and him, like his mother, like threatening to move in if they don't like get it together. And like after that, it becomes like a super OCD type thing. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Wow. Okay. Um, so wild after that cold open, we're into the first, the first real scene. Um, and Stephanie is practicing on the, on the recorder. Um, and there is like going to be a gag about gum being stuck in it. But that's why like, she can't finish on top of old Smokey. Um, mm-hmm. And DJ is like on our bed, making a collage for Kimmy's birthday party. Um, and there's like a little like bit about like DJ saying she's bad at the recorder. Um, and then Kimmy comes in and gives her an invitation to her surprise party, her surprise pool party going to be in a hotel um, because her brother is a bellhop. Garth, her brother Garth. Yeah. Yeah. Is he uh, in Fuller House now? I think that he might have been, actually. Because he, I think Stephanie's with someone in Kimmy's family now. Or like, there's like, I just seen, I've just seen like pictures or like clips, but I don't, because I don't watch that show. No, I think that's right. I think that he um, is dating or married to Stephanie now. Um, and apparently, like, DJ has, uh, already has um, body, <clears throat> sorry, already has body issues because she doesn't want to go to the party because, like, she doesn't want to be in a swimsuit. And she calls, yeah, she says Kimmy relatable. has the perfect body. Yeah, I mean, Kimmy, for, like, you know, if you grew up feeling like you were lumpy or something, I mean, Kimmy does have that, like, sort of gymnast body where she's just was always in, like, really tight leotards and had that sort of naturally slender figure. Which, honestly, uh, it's kind of different from what – because I was looking into, like, 90s beauty. I was, like, looking it up online to see, like, what was the 90s body. And it was, like, it was more like what you saw in the gym with those ladies, like, kind of more curvy and, like – like bodacious but also slim but not like stick than the way Kimmy is that was like a more like early well remember like skinny is always enviable regardless of like whether or not it's you know because it's something like it's a control thing like like people like yeah if you have like a chubbier face you're like no matter how much you weigh if your face is like more round and like less contour you like obviously like that's not like what society thinks is good or like beautiful yeah, and like just like I like personally like have no ass or anything like that. So like I can't even get there. So if I this flatter and skinnier, I feel like just in terms of like actually weighing light and that's like me being like having anorexia like deep in my bones. Like I um that's always been like a preferable thing. I think that when people look at people who are very skinny, um they think like, wow, that person has a lot of like self-control or like is really disciplined. And that's not always the case. I think that's what we see with DJ is that she feels because her body is different, that that means she's undisciplined or is doing something wrong as opposed to maybe realizing that those are just sort of her features. But I will say I, I totally relate to like her, you know, round face fears. I have like a round face and a lot of times when I meet people, they're like, oh my God, like you're so much skinnier than I thought you would be. And I'm like, I know it's because if you don't know, well, like, I think it's because if you don't know me, like you might think if you don't, because I don't post like full body shots, you might think that like, I'm as big as my face suggests. It's just that I have a round face, which I don't mind. Um, But I do think by the way, that this episode was written because people were making comments about Candace Cameron's body. I agree. I I think that too, I, rem- I, 
I remember that, that she just had like, you know, just more round features, which is like so shitty because I think she's gorgeous. I think she's always been gorgeous. Um, and you know, just became more beautiful as she grew up. But, um, yeah, I think that these were, there were comments that were written in and magazines were talking about it because they, I think they even covered this in the movie that like actual Candace Cameron struggled with her, her, with self-image and yeah, I think she talked about it um in a while, a while back about her like actual her she had an eating disorder too and like how she dealt with it um which is so interesting her as a kid because her brother was on growing pains with famous anorexic Tracy Gold mm, yeah do you remember that yes I do that was mm. intense that was very that was, like, intense really scary and sad too super sad because it wasn't it wasn't on my radar as a kid because I like obviously wasn't reading tabloids and like it wasn't I didn't like pay that much attention to like my body or like other people's bodies at the time but like going back when I was like whenever you watched it like in like middle school or high school I was like oh yeah that's really she's obviously having having a problem right now yeah yeah no that show was it was I blame Kirk Cameron for both no, of them he was a heartthrob like he was like to be like for both of them for Candace and for Tracy like to be to have to complete with that like being like a teenage hot heartthrob or working with one and like having all that attention like he's like the perfect hot guy and like you're like oh but you're like chopped liver compared to him like it's really hard yeah no it is hard it's yeah it's super uncomfortable I feel bad for like the second banana guys on shows like that where it's like you're not the hot like Dave Coulier like on this one you know he's just like not the hot one so he's never really gonna get that fanfare outside of Alanis Morissette um but yeah um I also wanted to say that when Stephanie came in DJ was eating a box of like Endemans cookies on her bed which was I thought was like weird because like I don't know. Like I, they had never portrayed her as being an eater before. Like that was never like a big part of her personality. And so, yeah. And so like to just show her sort of like casually eating from a box of cookies felt like, I don't know, like they were suggesting that something was off with her diet. Yeah, as iconic as this episode is, like they portray anorexia with a level of like whimsy that is, I'm just not used to, especially for 90s TV when like the very special episodes were like such a big deal and they were so like serious and dire. Like it gets kind of serious at the jam, but also like it's, there's a lot of jokes in this episode and don't get yeah. serious like five minutes total. There's some good bits for sure. All right. Um, so yeah, she doesn't want to go to the swim to the swimming party. Um, and she says like, Kimmy talks her into it, but it turns out, so it means that, like, DJ only has two weeks to get skinny, um, and, like, that's where, like, we go down this rabbit hole of DJ being anorexic for two weeks, basically. Howdy, girls! Kimmy, you're not supposed to be in this room! I've been telling her that for years! (laughs) Here's your invitation to my surprise birthday party. Throwing yourself a surprise birthday party. Yeah, and this is the face I'm going to use. <laughs> you are cordially invited to attend Kimmy's fabulous 14th surprise birthday party at the Excelsior Hotel. Whoa, how'd you swing that? My brother Garth is a bellhop. He can sneak us into the pool area. Oh, but if anyone asks, you are Heather Zink from Philadelphia, and you're staying in room 1541. You're having a pool party in November? What a dumb idea. No, they have an indoor pool. Tomorrow we can go shopping for new bathing suits. This party's gonna be so rad. 
Yeah, rad for you because you have the perfect body. Me, the perfect body? <laughs> well, I guess I can't argue with you there. There is no way I'm wearing a bathing suit in front of everyone until I look like one of these models. But DJ, you're my best friend. You gotta come to my party. All right, I'll come. But this means I've only got two weeks to get skinny, starting right now. So no more cookies. How do you stay so thin? Well, I exercise, like waistbands, for example. And one, and two, and three, and four. And then I watch what I eat. <laughs> this looks good. And I think it's one of those things, too, that, like, Kimmy doesn't, she can't hear what DJ is saying. Like, she literally doesn't understand it. Like, yeah, she made a gag about watching what I eat, which means she's like, she bends down, like, and picks out a trash can and watches what she eats and eats the cookie. Like, it's a joke. Yeah. Like, in reality, her friend is, like, not going, or say, not wanting to go to your birthday party because she thinks she's fat. And, like, she's just like, oh, it's a joke. Kimmy's unaware of her thin privilege. No, she has no, no idea. She's just so, like, she's in her own world in a lot of ways. Like, the way they treat her and, like, she's completely oblivious to, like, how much Danny hates her. Like, literally hates her. And, like, she's just, like, completely oblivious to it. Oh, well, I also will say, though, like, I truly, oddly enough, we were talking about this on Mother May Super podcast, like, last week when we recorded. There is, like, literally no one in the television of history who is more abused than Kimmy Gibbler. Like, it is so upsetting that these three, like, grown men are, like, openly repulsed by her and, like, making jokes at her expense and telling her that she smells and, like... so true. Like, tr- like uh, she was an odd girl. And, like, if she anything... Harmless. Yeah, she's so harmless. Like, maybe she's, like, a little bit annoying. But, like, you're a grown man. Why are you picking on a teenage girl? Before she comes over, like, she's your daughter's best friend and she lives right next door. Like, why wouldn't she be over at your house? At your house? Um, yeah, yeah, because, yeah, like, short, or, yeah. The only yeah. other comparison would be, like, maybe um, Steve Urkel, but he was, like, an active nuisance. And like yes. he act- actively did things to like harm, literally harm that family. <laughs> Whereas, she was yeah, definitely was like existing. She was the Urkel. You know that's so funny because Urkel wasn't supposed to be like the star of Family Matters at all. Like yeah. he was just supposed to be like a walk-on character. Character. It's it's a bummer because you know. Urkel was an active nuisance. That's exactly right. And he was celebrated for it. While Kimmy, on the other hand, you know, she just has smelly feet and is obnoxious. Because yeah, people, kind of like, dark. I think just society in general just hates teenage girls and, like, wants to rag on them for doing anything or, like, liking anything. So, like, teenage girls is, like, the biggest target for, like, grown men to make fun of and, like, yeah. That's so uh, interesting. I never thought about it that way. Yeah, she totally is, like, the most hated for nothing. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's not nothing, but... Uh, she definitely did not realize that she was sparring with these men the way that she was, you know? Yeah, it's like disgust, like active disgust um, of her. Okay. All right. So the next scene, scene two, um, DJ is downstairs in the kitchen and she's putting up pictures of swimsuit models on the fridge as her like inspiration. Um, and then she tells Becky, like she has two weeks to look like one of those models and 
And she also, like, DJ also makes a comment about how she wants to look like Becky, too. And, like, so, like, DJ's already projecting hardcore on the women in her life. Like, first Kimmy, now Becky is, like, her ideal. Um, and Becky is, like, a little bit more thoughtful, but, like, she tells her, like, if you want to lose weight, all you have to do is eat sensibly. She says, boiled fish, fresh fruits, delicious steamed vegetables, and whole grain pasta with fresh tomato sauce and a sprinkle of Parmesan cheese. And she looks so excited as she's saying it, too. She, was- she looks like, it's like, mmm. Like, she's, like, ready for that whole grain pasta. Hey, is anybody home? Hi, Deej. Hi. Wow. I guess your dad and the guys are like these a lot better than Michelle's finger paintings. <laughs> these models is gonna help me stay out of the refrigerator why are you trying to lose weight i've got two weeks to look like you do you mind if i scotch tape you to the refrigerator (laughs) deej if you want to lose a couple of pounds all you have to do is eat sensibly and you can have broiled fish lean chicken without the skin fresh fruits delicious steamed vegetables a nice whole grain pasta with a light tomato sauce and just a sprinkling of Parmesan cheese. Becky, I'm trying to keep my mind off of food. Sorry. The most important thing is just keep the junk food out of the house. Cake's here! <laughs> it's a little bit more like handy advice about like just like eating healthy, but also like if you're going to someone's house and your teenage daughter is hanging up the information in your fridge, like maybe you talk a little bit more about that issue and not necessarily just eat healthy and not encouraging her in that way. I don't know. Yeah. Whenever you see a thin spill wall, like that means things are bad. Like, especially in television and movies, they can't really show us that person's interior life. So they're just going with like, here, we're going to paste it to a wall. But, um, I also don't think that that was frowned upon back then. I think that that was like a really common weight loss technique like that people didn't start talking about that being like unrealistic beauty standards or whatever until, you know, maybe a few years later that dialogue really started. But I think what they were trying to do with like the healthy eating thing in Becky was to show that like, it's not like you can enjoy eating healthy food, but like everything she picked was like, did she say boiled fish? Yes, she did. Which I don't, I don't get yeah, I don't. I can't imagine pitching that to a like a teenager is something they'd be exciting about. Like, absolutely no way. Um, she's giving a juxtaposition because she's on the food front, and then later Jesse sucks about. Well, if you want to be healthy, you have to work out. So it's like they're trying to like give her these two different things, and like, but they're all they're all like projecting their own interests onto her. Like Becky is clearly like on like wet for some pasta but <laughs> that's her own thing, and not necessarily like what's good for DJ right now. Um, I feel that. Speaking of, like, was dieting on your radar, like, at DJ's age? I don't think dieting was, but I knew that, like, when I – I remember being, like, seven years old in, like, gymnastics in, like, the locker room. And, like, one of the girls was like, you're fat. And I was like, what? And, like, it was like she – because, like, she had one of those very, like, skinny little bodies. And, like, I – had like probably a little bit of a belly and like, you know, just was like a normal sort of like Irish kid, you know? And so, um, that was like one of my first memories of like, or like my, probably my first realization, like that's what someone saw in me, you know, because growing up it had always been like cute when you were chubby. And then I think like it was like seventh grade, like I, or Um, when I was seven years old, I was like, oh, I'm fat now. And I don't think that I was actively trying to diet until I probably got to like 
middle school or something, like I would go through stages where like I would avoid food. I'm not like certain foods. I'm not exactly sure though how old DJ is like in this. Is she like 13? She's in middle school. Um, I think she's like, yeah, she's like 13 here. Yeah. And you know, I think that honestly, like I know that I was watching something about Degrassi yesterday and they were talking about um, the arc of Ellie's cutting and they, the show, the people who, um, the showrunners were saying that they never want to suggest like these behaviors to the viewers um, just because like they're showing it like for something like cutting, the last thing they want is for someone to start cutting because of this. So they um, were, you know, explaining that. And I really, I noted that because it always is like a, a concern for me when I'm watching television, because I know that when I was a kid, these sort of episodes put something on my radar. Exactly. And, yeah. I learned how to like start myself through Oprah, like an episode of Oprah. Like she had like some little kids who had eating disorders on. I was like, oh, so that's how you do it. Great. Yeah, Noted. that's exactly. So I think that this episode, if anything, probably made me think to myself like, oh, okay, well, it's not healthy. We just learned that, but there is a way. Exactly. Because you know? you're not thinking about, like, the risk or anything. Like, DJ was like, she's not thinking about, like, how dangerous it is. It was like, I, you have a goal in mind, and, like, it's, it's like, it just feels like it's, so it works, obviously. Like, she lost weight. So it's like, okay, good. That's how I do or it. Or maybe you do know it's dangerous, but, like, you're like, you know, it's not going to be dangerous like that. Like, that's sped exactly. up. For it's television. not going to happen to me. You know, yeah, it's not good. Mentality. It's like, oh, well, I'm not going to eat for a while. Maybe like other people have a problem with I'm going to be fine because I'm doing it my way. So, yeah, it's um, it's definitely something that happens for sure. Like just taking a little bit of inspiration from these shows, which is uh, unfortunate because these are the conversations that kids need to have and be exposed to. But it's also like you never know what kid watching isn't going to take away the lesson that you intended because yeah, exactly. I mean, some kids probably watched this and learned about how not to have an eating disorder or why it's not good. And I was like, oh, okay, I'm going to store that in my memory. You know? Yeah, that's exactly how, how it happens. Yeah, it's, I don't know. It's, you have to be careful and like, don't, yeah, I really appreciate when people like don't get into specifics about what they did or how they lost weight. Just like say, this is a thing that happened in like the like unhealthy part of it, but not just like, okay, this is like what I ate on these days and like what I didn't eat. Yeah, it's just, like, we don't need to know all that. Yeah. Therapist us for sure, but like not viewers at home. I mean, I can find some of that helpful sometimes because I'm like, oh my God. Like sometimes knowing how basic I am is very helpful for me. Like when someone's like, oh, and then I ate blank. And I'm like, oh my God, I used to do that too. Like, and then you start to realize like all a lot of people are tricking their brains in the exact same way. And it's not really working long-term for any of us. So sometimes when I hear of like a certain food or something, I'm like, oh my God, I used to do that exact same thing. My mind would go to the same place. Um, so, and sometimes in that way, it's like almost refreshing to see that like, it's a very, it's not basic, but like the things sometimes you can go to within it. It's like, oh my God, like I thought I was being innovative, <laughs> but, <laughs> yeah, but it turns out all of us bitches do the same thing. Exactly. Uh, exactly that. Like I didn't realize, I didn't know until like even more recently that like a lot of my friends also had eating disorders, like eating issues. Like I think it's very like, common. Lot, it's very common. Like a lot of people have like either like they're dealing with it now or like they had like a phase in their life where like it was like a real serious eating disorder. We all, yeah, I feel like we all have like our same, like the same like ticks. 
a lot of weight. I mean, they say that like the highest um, eating disorders have the highest mortality rate of any mental illness. And it, shocked me when I heard that because I didn't realize that eating disorders are a mental illness. Like they are. And so that was like really a like shocking revelation for me. And also sort of realizing that that statistic is probably so high because, you know, whether it's one thing or another, a lot of people also suffer from eating disorders. So that like sort of inflates the statistic, you know, like there's just so many people that struggle with food. Yeah. Cause like nine times, like nine times out of 10, like my, your eating disorder is triggered by something mentally going on with you. Like for me, it was definitely like the stress of like going to college and like trying to get into college and like, same. How, like my life was completely out of control. Like it was like the one thing I could control. Um, I had like, the same exact, ex- like yeah. literally same timeline. Um, it's interesting. I wonder how many people also that emerges for them in college. Yeah, I feel yeah. like that's probably very common. Yeah. It's like really stressful. It's like your life is like, you're so like unsure, like unsteady and like nothing certain. And like, yeah, it's like the amount of stress and like stuff you're dealing with at that time at once. It's like, it's yeah, of course. <laughs> yeah. You're going to like have some issues. Yeah. Um, yeah. And like not trying to have that freshman 15, you know, oh, like, yeah. yeah, dark shit. Um, sorry. Keep going. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And then like, um, Jesse burst in with the box of cake samples, um, at the exact wrong time after Je- like, um, Becky's having her orgasm about pasta, he comes in with, um, cake. Um, and it's so weird. Cause Becky goes, Jesse, maybe we shouldn't do this right now. And like, that is not a great way to help someone who's starting yeah, something. Like, no, let's like not. Yeah. She's if DJ was like, a hardcore alcoholic, I would maybe say like, like, let's not, let's not like, uh, you know, bring in a bottle of wine right now. But this is a girl who literally five minutes ago decided to start losing weight. <laughs> and like, all of a sudden you're being like, oh, we shouldn't bring cake around her. That's not supportive. Like yeah. you, there's a, there's a world in which you can have one bite of cake and still be on a diet. Yeah, exactly. It's all moderation. Yeah. Um, but then already DJ's already like in full swing because she's like, oh, it's fine. I already had, she already made some water pops. So she's been like, a few, it's been like at least a few hours. Like as soon as Kimmy left, she probably yeah, put those ice cubes in the fridge. Ice cubes. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Same timeline. Um, yeah. And, and no one says anything in that moment. Yeah. Like it's like, if you're, if you have a kid in your house, I'm like, oh, I'm going to, I'm going to diet now. I'm just going to have like water. No, you have to intervene or say something. Mm-hmm. Everyone was too excited to try all those. So it's all the all those parents in the house. Different. Um, all the <laughs> yeah. Well, that's true. But Jesse has like forty different types of chocolate cake because he and Becky have decided on a chocolate cake for their wedding. So yeah, yeah. he calls like he says cakes here, and like people like come from all corners of the house rushing downstairs, and like Michelle, who was like the exact antithesis of DJ in this episode, who's like a fiend. For yes. food in general, this episode is like just obsessed with cake or chocolate. I guess this episode. Mm-hmm. She makes a yeah. grand entrance. Yeah, she um she crawls up on that table and she eats every single cake sample. All right, everybody in the kitchen. I need some opinions. <laughs> free cake. <laughs> We need you guys to help me and Becky pick out our wedding cake. I thought we decided on a chocolate cake. Well, we did, but chocolate's not just chocolate anymore. 
See what I mean? Whoa, baby! You see, you got your dark chocolate, your white chocolate, your chunky chocolate, your mocha choco chocolate, your double fudge chocolate, your triple chocolate chocolate chocolate, and carrot cake. <laughs> Well, the carrot cake was sitting there so lonely, no one picks carrot cake. Let's pick out! Now, now, Michelle, you're not being very polite. I'm sorry, let's pick out, please! Come on, Deej, you're gonna miss the cake. Oh, who needs cake when you can lick ice on a stick? Mmm, wet and cold and... that's about it. I can't take it. I need the cake. <laughs> oh, Michelle. Michelle, which one do you like the best? Tough one. I don't know why it bothered me so much, but like after, like as the scene sort of petered out into the next scene, Danny just says like, oh, I'm going to take her to the bath. And I was like, ew, like, I don't know why it bothered me, but like just thinking about like, I don't know, a world in which Bob Saget is, is bathing this child. Like, I just was like, why... Did they have to let us know that? Because, I mean, I guess he's the clean one, right? So you got to put her in the bath, but... I, I think really maybe you're just not in Bob Saget as a dad mode. Where I was, I've been watching Full House, like, every day for, like, the past year. Right, <laughs> so, like, right, I'm right. already in Bob Saget as a dad mode. <laughs> so it's less drawing for me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I get that. He's a clean freak. He's got to clean the child. That's yeah. true. And also, like, that's... it's. <laughs> Yeah, like, even, like, not controlling Michelle either. Like, no one's just, like, no one's at the wheel for any of these kids right now. You can tell that this was, like, a big scene that they filmed, though. Like, that they did, like, this was a one take. Like, they didn't, because, like, they probably, or maybe they had each girl do it once. But um, if you notice, like, whatever girl it is, they're not actually eating the cake. They're, like, spitting it out, which makes me think that there might not, that there might have been multiple takes because usually they won't like have an actress like eat so like they'll genuinely eat but they eat really slow because they're gonna have to do the takes over and over again. Or maybe because so, like, they're professionals at this point, maybe they told them not to eat it just to not get sick and they're yeah, like, because they're like they're already so used to it now. Yeah, it just it made me wonder how many takes there what were of that and that maybe each girl yeah. did one take because it's that's like a almost lot like a set piece for the episode. Oh, one hundred percent. It's like the it's like the highlight of the episode, pretty much. The yeah, went crazy for that. Yeah, they did. They sure did. Okay, God, and, and live audiences are so dark. <laughs> I know. It's like, and yeah, to their credit, like they had the laugh track and they had the live studio audience, but like, I don't know. It's it feels like sad. <laughs> you know. Yeah, it's inauthentic. Um, yeah, so the next scene is DJ is upstairs waiting for herself in her PJs. It's been two days at this point. Um, and Stephanie offers to give her some weighing music. Stephanie's, like, still been pretty absent so far. Um, and that her, like, playing recorder brings in Uncle Jesse. And, um, it's only been two days, and we learned that she lost half a pound in two days. hmm Which is a lot, I think, right? I mean, it also, like, people can lose half a pound by, like, going to the bathroom. Like, I know it sounds crazy, but, like, it all depends. Oh, you're right. You're totally right. Yeah. 
it, I mean, I, it's also just goes to show like how trying to like sprint diet like that is like, makes it so useless. Like you cannot lose this type of weight that she wants to lose before this party. And I think that that's like the young part of her brain that thinks she can even do this. Yeah, but also it's like that high of like knowing you lost half a pound, but also I think you just keep going if you keep doing what you're doing and you'll just like get, you'll lose even more weight. But yeah, it's, yeah, it's not how it works. Yeah. Um, and yeah, so Jesse, he learns that she's on a diet and he's like, well, if you want to shape up, you just need to um, exercise a little bit. And he says um, they should go to the fa- gym as a family that Saturday. Um, and then the well, food gag. Go ahead. It's, it's to be noted that it's specifically, it's Michelle's gym. Um, it's like a kid's gym that they go to. That's also has like a regular gym there too. But I thought it was very interesting that Michelle had a gym membership. Yeah. I want to say that it's cause like, it's more like gymnastics or like trying to get like her, like it's harmless. Cause I know I have friends who have kids that like they have their like gym time for the kids. It's like burning off stinks or city kids. They need to like run around or have space to run around. There was nothing she did in the gym scene that I didn't do in my yard. Like, (laughs) Yeah, and plus, we didn't have gym membership money. Like, maybe we went to the Y, but that was like a full blown children's gym. Plus, like her full blown, all their full blown gym outfits. We'll get there. And why was okay? Yeah, sorry. Anyway, (laughs) yeah, and then like the the flute gag meets its peak when like um, Michelle comes in and says, "Stephanie, you are not good." And then um, Jesse takes the flute and like blows it really hard and spits gum on Michelle's forehead. Yeah, and she just stands there with her arm. I mean, like, Michelle really did have the temperament of, like, an old man in his 50s (laughs) or 60s. Like, just, like, sort of grumpy. I mean, honestly, I don't blame her. It's, like, a lot of change she had to deal with her entire life. Like, That's true. It's a lot of stress. And, like, it's a lot of, like, yeah, odd things she has to deal with and put up with. Like, why not? Just have an attitude. Fine. Michelle was a little spoiled, though. She was super spoiled. Oh, she was, like, completely spoiled and, like bond over in a way that wasn't healthy and like she got way too much attention if dj and stephanie like i don't know if i was like a if i was in that family that would probably drive me nuts i'd be like how come i didn't get any fucking attention when i was growing up my mom's dead too right yeah so yeah yeah, i'm the youngest and that's why that's another reason why i just like modeled myself off the michelle because like i was like oh yeah this is a guaranteed way to get attention my my siblings hated it because I definitely got, like, attention and, like, got special things if I, like, I don't know, just by being young and then also just by, like, doing, like, antics to get attention on me. People don't consider birth order enough, like, when they're trying to figure someone out, like, when they're trying to, like, crack the code on someone's personality and, like, using their, like, astrological sign and blah, blah, blah. Like, also birth order is really important. Yeah, and, like, yeah birth order and like having siblings yeah it's it's yeah it changes your personality 100 percent. although i like to think i'm one of the good old only children you, you know seem i don't know you that well but you seem completely fine thanks girl i just didn't really know what kids other kids were like when i was growing up so i appreciate that uh, yeah I, yeah some like only kids i know seem like oddly stunted in odd ways but also oddly mature in other ways yeah, because you're just around talking to adults all the time. Yeah, which can be good. I feel like I wish I had that because I definitely was intimidated by adults for way too long. Well, wait, how how much younger were you than your oldest sibling? Um, three years younger. Oh, that's not, yeah. That's yeah, not that. Yeah, I was going to say, okay. Yeah, because sometimes you get like the kids that are born with like 12-year-old siblings. And so they grow up like with their 
older sibling practically being an adult like their whole life. Yeah. And my, no, my sister is two years older than me. And like we were really close in age. So like we had, yeah, it was always like young people and like my mom. Love that. Um, all right. So in the next scene, Danny's downstairs doing dishes. And um, I'm not sure what day it is, but Kimmy and DJ come in after school. Um, no, Danny says she missed lunch. So maybe it is like sa- that Saturday or Friday. I don't know. Because Danny I think says she missed lunch. And yeah. For a sandwich. Yes, it is Saturday. And he says, you missed, yeah, because they're going to the gym. So he's like, make sure you eat this because we're going to the gym. Which and I then. Sam should probably cross it over by then. Like how they had. No, I think he made it. No, I think he made it that day. I think he just was like, it's like he made it. I mean, it was probably a couple hours old. I mean, that is. I, a good I don't trust Danny to have put it in the fridge. I think he left it out on the counter that whole time. Um, I do love that they're a ham family, though. Because I love ham. And actually, I don't know if you've ever heard of the flat tummy diet or the flat belly diet, but my best friend Ed used to do this like quick weight loss thing um, to sort of jumpstart a diet. And he would do the flat belly diet for two weeks. And one of the menu items that like you're supposed to have is like a ham on white bread sandwich with mayonnaise. And I was always like, what? Like that sounds, that sounds crazy. But I guess it's sort of paying tribute to the idea of like fat burning better than any other type of food but it's so interesting to me I was like how did you find a diet that has ham on it like (laughs) the fuck so DJ probably didn't realize that she was holding one of the best sandwiches she could be holding oh she's holding the key to everything in her hands she gave it up yep I know I love ham look up that diet which by the way um Oh, sorry, by the way. Like, I'm not trying to, like, tell anyone to do a diet. I think it actually is, like, if anything, it's just I always found it sort of, like, appalling, especially because I also hate mayonnaise. So I was just, like, the fuck? Um, I love mayonnaise. That's my favorite thing in the world. Oh, That's your Um, advice. But it made me think – I read a Tumblr post because I still use Tumblr, and um, someone, like, made a post about how – people hide eating disorders behind diets, like, bad diets, and, like, you just call it something different. Like, people call intermittent fasting – like a diet or like a healthy technique, but actually it's just like skinny meals. Yeah. I thought I actually like follow the intermittent fasting Reddit just because like it fascinates me and people lose a ton of weight, but I'm like, dude, you're not eating for like 12 hours a day or like yeah, two days at a time. Like exercise like crazy. Yeah. You're going to lose weight, but you're skipping meals. That's what it is. Like, yeah, you can definitely be healthy like that. Cause like I don't eat breakfast just said so I'm not hungry in the morning. Same. Um, I'm never hungry in the morning. Yeah, I can't eat breakfast. I just have coffee and that's it. Um, but then some mornings I wake up craving dinner. Like, I'm like, I want sushi. It's like 8 a.m., but I want sushi. I, wish I don't know why. Eating whatever you want in the morning instead of like having to wait until. Um, yeah, I, I don't want a lunch menu. McDonald's, yeah, McDonald's punishes you like that. If you want a hamburger before 11 a.m., good luck. People hide behind diets to like master eating disorders it can be healthy but it's also like you have to pay attention to like how oh 100 percent. that's why like fad like big diets that roll through like it was atkins for a while and then it's like paleo and keto and all this different stuff yeah they can have really big health benefits for certain people but for the most part the reason why everyone's like oh are you doing a diet right now like I literally know someone that would always be like are you like is any like what diet are you, are you dieting what are you doing and like she always wanted to know people's diets and it made me that's what made me realize like oh it's trendy because everyone's just sort of figuring out a new way to not eat 
Yeah, exactly. Oh, that's so true. That's really well put. Yeah, it's, I mean, yeah, it's like, I get it. Cause like I do like, especially when you get older, it's like harder to lose weight and you need like some kind of guide, but also like if you have that kind of like thing with your brain, like I definitely have a thing in my brain where I just go too hard, too fast with stuff. Too, uh, yes, I know. I get out of control really, really easily. Uh, yeah, I realized that in yoga. Like, I am. I realize like I'm the only person in yoga that's like trying to fucking like get gains. Like, mm-hmm. and everyone else is like zen, and I'm just like I'm pushing myself so hard. And like, I had it one day. A teacher just said it, and I don't even think she was saying it to me. She just said like, remember, like this practice isn't about like trying to lose a ton of weight and like it's about like becoming more zen and like like blah 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 and I was like oh wait a minute I was like yeah I think I've been coming into this with the wrong attitude because I definitely am here to like push myself to the next level like that's also the level of exercise I'm comfortable with is like hardcore stretching So yeah, I feel yeah, if, if, yeah. You have to like get your exercise in that way. If that's the only like stuff you're doing, like you definitely want to get enough from it. But also like, if you're in the environment where people are trying to zen out and you're like the one going hand, it's not a good energy to bring to the room. I'll tell you that. Like someone who's like pushing herself, like yeah, no, it's not good, and you wind up um, making things worse for your body. Believe it oh, or sure. not. So yeah, I definitely yeah, because I can't do diets because I just. I, even like counting calories like that's I can't do that because I, I just like get addicted to the number and like trying to get a low number um so like, it just triggers something bad in me so I just have to like just try my best to be healthy without like having a, a anytime like I get a, like a guy to do something I try to like be the perfect student basically and like try to like do the best at it and like go too far so I just I do, do think about like driving Lyft because I like make my own schedule. So I have like hours free a day and I love like meeting weird ass people. And I'm always like, what if you like drove Lyft and like just like did that for a couple hours? Like not, I mean, yes, for the money. Like I don't want to be an asshole and be like, I wouldn't even do it for the money. But like it, I know that it would turn into that because whenever I think about all the different ways that you can make a lot of money being a Lyft driver, like all the things you can do that other people don't. Cause I'm like all up on the Lyft driver Reddit and all that other shit. <laughs> Are you serious? Yeah. Um, <laughs> I'm always, Oh, I like love it. I want to know how everyone's making money and how they're do, like, do, like standing out in their job. And I literally look at this, at this whole situation. I'm like, you can never do that because you will get so addicted to being the best Lyft driver you could possibly be. And like, how dark is that? That, that these are the things I think about. Like, it's pretty like, no, it's, like it's, it's pretty like dark. Kind of it's like whatever thing we both have in our brain. We're like, we just want to be the best. If, we have, if we're getting graded on something, I feel like I just want to get the best grade possible. Yeah. And so it's, it's also like, like it translates yeah. to everything, like literally everything in my life. I look at it as like almost like hacking. Like I was yeah. never the best student, but I was like, I want to figure out the smartest way to do what all these other people are doing. Like, what yeah. can I do to like cut corners and like not go like the way that the other people are doing it? And that's where it start, starts to become like more of a game for me where I'm like, how do I be the best at this in a new way? It's sick. Um, it's sick shit. <laughs> I know. I mean, but at least we know it about ourselves. So that's good. Yeah. Half the battle. It's so Cut. sad when people don't get it or like don't know like what their deal is. So they yeah. can't deal with it. They're not obsessive. You mean? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Must be nice. Um, hold on. Um, so when, um, 
I think DJ Danny goes away, and um, when he's gone, DJ asks Kimmy to eat her sandwich for her, um, and Kimmy's not into it because it's ham, and she's been eating her sam- her food for three days. <laughs> yeah, I love that. I love that Kimmy's finally tired of ham after eating. I do like that they didn't like they chose to do it that way because they didn't want DJ to be wasteful. Like That's so true because like normally you just like you just wouldn't eat it or like throw it away or something. Yeah. yeah, like what are the odds you have a friend that's just willing to eat two lunches without question? Especially at school because Stephanie wasn't with her at the same school at this point. So there's no one to know that she's not eating that lunch. Yeah, no, I think that like um, wastefulness with eating disorders can be like a triggering thing for certain people. I've always been surprised at how much that word comes up um, because it's just so... Um, it's like a, it's a slightly sophisticated thought for a person that's in the throes of like a serious problem. But I have heard several people who are like deep in an eating disorder just talk about how they're being so wasteful with food. Oh, and yeah. I was like, that is so interesting that you're that like tuned into the parts of your eating disorder that are like not that are generally like not great. Like, yeah, but it's, also like it means like they're part of their like normal or like quote unquote normal self. So like still holding on to that like their best self, which is like they don't want to be wasteful. So it's like holding on, holding on to the, their better judgment. So it's part they know in the back of their mind that like there's something about this isn't right, but like it's that part that isn't right. I also wonder if this was sort of like the writers like at the time trying to keep it slightly likable because I know that like it used to be and it still is but I think even it used to be so much more this way that like wasting food was like a big sin yeah, like you 90s, did not oh, waste you're food. some kid and there's starving kid in Africa that whole line was definitely super huge in the 90s. Yeah, or like a kid like throwing away the food that their parents worked hard to get them is mm-hmm. like was like a big no-no back then. So I do wonder if like that is a little bit why DJ never throws anything away. She like doesn't accept it unless someone or something is going to eat it. Yeah, that's interesting. Um and then but Angel Stephanie overhears it and she calls DJ on it immediately. She's like, "Oh, you've been skipping breakfast and dinner too, so you're not eating at all." Um Stephanie went hard. It's, you know, she had that big gut reaction that a sister would have, especially a younger sister. But in general, trying to get someone to stop an eating disorder, like just because you busted them, it's not going to work. Like, I mean, yeah, she's a kid. She doesn't know, but like, she's a lot of dramatics. Yeah. Yeah. Like in the end, when she's like, DJ lies and says she's going to like do better. And then she's like, oh, great. So and she gives her that 90s advice about like, all you need is like something else and something else. And you have the, all your food groups covered. Yeah. Which is the yep. 90 thing. It's like, she tells get her to get, get an apple and, and a glass of whole milk with her sandwich and all of her food groups will be covered. We, I do also love that Stephanie was wearing um, a love your earth t-shirt. Like <laughs> we love a woke queen, like, you know, climate change is real. Like, you know, just always had that good messaging. She was already, yeah, she was like pretty like angelic in this episode, honestly. She really was. And this was also like a, I remember this being like an emotionally sort of offbeat story for Stephanie because she was always sort of like the prankster jokester on the show. So when she, I remember watching the show and being like, wow, Stephanie's really like, not like being a goody goody this season, but like it, or this episode, but like it was like she. This was a tonal shift from her normal character, as these things typically are when it's like a very special episode because they have to all of a sudden get these 
comedy characters to address something serious. Yeah, I feel like, yeah, it was like, it's a big deal when the com- comedic person gets serious um, in an episode in the 90s. Um, yeah. So, yeah, and then DJ, like, lies again and says she's going to, like, eat it, and but then um, Stephanie catches her giving the food to Comet, and it's, like, the sad cut to commercial music where, like, Stephanie realizes it's not, <laughs> she's still, like, in the throats of an eating disorder. Yeah. But then, in the but then music, she busts her ass. Yeah, right away she comes back. It's like, oh, she's back again. Like, she doesn't, like, go back and, like, think about it. She's like, oh, no, I'm going to call you again. Like, we're not over. This isn't done. I'm going to call you out every time you do it. It made me feel defeated for her. Like, have you ever, I don't know, like, it did feel real for me for some reason. Like, when you see someone, like, promise you something and then you see them turn around and do the opposite. Like, it is very disappointing. Like, I'm thinking I could, about my friends with dating guys and, like, really shitty guys and, like, you see them, like, doing it right. Like, I'll never do it again. And then there you go. Yeah, it's like, I don't know what else. Yeah, it's like, you do feel defeated. It's like, I don't know what else I can possibly say to you. And it's like, you didn't know they just have to, like, figure it out on their own, which feels, like, hopeless. Yeah, yeah, but that that is a shitty feeling. I'm sorry my sister had to go through that. Yeah, because then, like, um, DJ lies again and says, oh, Comet, Comet stole it from me. And, and Stephanie's like, no, you're lying. Like, I, I, was, I saw you. Like, Comet didn't steal it. Um, and then DJ says, well, she comes clean, basically says that she has one week to look good for the party. And when it's over, she'll, like, start eating again and make Stephanie pinky swear that she won't tell, um, which basically is a death pack. If, he, if it went too far, it's like promise not to tell. Honestly, um, truly. And also the way that she, like, Stephanie did not want to do that pinky swear. Like, like, she was like, no, like, I don't feel, like, she basically was like, not the pinky swear. Like, and she made her do it. It's a little bit like that episode of Friends where Monica made uh, Rachel take a pregnancy test in the bathroom at her wedding. Like, you know, dude, like, you cannot force that upon someone. That's a, a pinky swear is a personal choice. I know. Uh, yeah, because I, I grew up with a sister. Like, we were really close. And, like, yeah, that bond is really serious. And, like, disappointing my sister, like, was a big deal to me and making her upset. Like, I don't know. I get it. I get Stephanie's dilemma there because my older sister, like, I don't know. I mean, it was some sick manipulative shit on DJ's part. DJ's going to have to talk to God about that, you know? (laughs) And she's really sick. Like, she's literally sick in so many ways where, like, she's just like, yeah, like, putting poor Stephanie through that. And by the way, though, like, I, I always know with these things, we're on the unrealistic, like, sped up timeline of a TV show where, like, all of a sudden she's developed, like, the traits of, like, a hardened long-term manipulative addict, but, like, in, in just three days. But, um, yeah, it's, it's, it's kind of funny how they, like, this girl, like, that's the other reason why it's hard to take seriously is because all these things were always wrapped up in a week. And like, even as a child, I knew that that was like not a realistic timeline. So it, I think that that's another reason why you can sort of get the idea to maybe do something like this to, to yourself because you just know the show's so unrealistic. Like Degrassi, at least they would take, you know, full months. Like it would be like a whole story arc um, for something like that to come to light. Yeah, I feel like they knew they weren't in for that. They knew they couldn't do that. They couldn't handle it. So it was like, well, what's the most, what's the longest time frame we can do in this? Like, okay, we'll do it for a week. 
Yeah, I mean, like the the sort of like through line things that they always do on the show. It's never character stuff. It's always like events. Like it's like, oh, Becky. So Becky and Jesse's wedding is coming up, and like because they're waiting for that, they can do fun bits every episode. Like let's try cake or whatever. It's like an excuse for you know, storylines because an audience will remember like they're getting married, but people can't, I, it's, 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 there's no character through lines. There's no character development. It's like, they're the same the entire time. And maybe like, we'll finally, we'll have one episode where we confront the fact that Joey is never dates anyone. And he's always like alone. Um, yeah. Like a third fiddle to everyone. Yeah. Yeah. And we'll have like one episode with that, where they deal with that. And it's solved in that one episode, you know? Yeah, it's um kind of like the shitty part about that thinking about how audiences can't really track like week to week stuff, but on on sitcoms anyway. But um this again, this was of the time where like you couldn't DVR something and catch up on it later. Like if you missed one episode and you came back and they had continued a storyline, you would oh, have you're no idea lost. what's you're going completely on. Lost. And there's no way to catch up either. You're you're mm-hmm. stuck until you like by the grace of God get a rerun. Something. God, that was hell. We lived through hell. I know. Like, if we're lucky, my mom thought to, like, record it on VHS. But, like, other than that, like, we're just like, if you miss it, you miss it. And, like, I, like, swear to God, I'll get it. I have probably taped over people's, like, weddings. Oh, I have for probably, sure. Like, when I was that age, I didn't give a shit. When like, you're I desperate, was, too. Like, when you, like, there's no more VHS tapes free and, like, you have to pick one to, like, sacrifice. Yeah. Ruthless. I would be ruthless with that Especially with shit. My mom, yeah, my mom's stuff, I was like, like the first to go. The first stuff. My mom or my brother's, their stuff was the first to get recorded over. Was there anything worse than coming home, though, and realizing that it had recorded the wrong channel or oh, that yeah. that was like, I mean, I if you are listening out what, there- The recording never, was off? Yeah. If the you never- hmm If you never taped a song off the radio or recorded something on a VHS tape, like, you have no idea what we've been through. Like... It's hell. It was it's hell. hell. Yeah. It was exciting and thrilling, but also, like, a nightmare. Yeah. You had to, like, be sitting by your laptop or your laptop. You'd have to be sitting by, like, your cassette tape player and then just, like, hope you could remember the, in- like, introductory notes to a song mm-hmm. and then right and, away like, hit your record. Finger on, your finger on the trigger ready to go. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I guess that was, you know, it did teach us resourcefulness and stuff like that, but wow, we lived through a lot. Yeah. I need to figure out how that translates to my adult life and how I can use that skill that I got. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I'm sure it shows up somewhere. We just don't know yet. Um, All right. So then they're at the gym um, and the ladies are in their most like nineties workout gear possible, like fully decked out. Like I don't, it's like a miracle when I like have workout clothes that like match or like in the same color. Like they look like they go together. Like to, for them to have like full on outfits that are like so complex was fascinating to me. I know I can barely keep like a pajama top and a pajama bottom together. Like let alone like having multiple pieces of spandex. I love like and a belts. thong. The thong outside of the rest of the outfit has always blown my mind. Like, I can't, like, I maybe I should, like, try it on one day and, like, see how it feels. If they're, like, they have to be somewhere, like, selling that kind of accoutrement. But, like, how is that, does it make you work out better? Does it feel good? Does it look as uncomfortable? Is it as uncomfortable as it looks? Like, I think it's just supposed to be, like, sexy. And it makes me so uncomfortable because, to me, I'm just, like, I don't want to see anyone's underwear on the you know outside. What, because they're not, they weren't working hard, out hard. They weren't doing, like, the hit like the really intense workouts we're doing now they're doing like very much aerobics which is a little bit less intense yeah they weren't doing crossfit flirty and fun 
Yeah. Yeah. They, uh, they, those outfits were a lot. Aerobics though. I think I was reminded that aerobics is a really good workout during this episode. Oh, that's my go-to. Like I obviously, I took it too, I took it too far when I started doing it in high school, but yeah, it was like, it's, I, yeah, I lost weight and I like was really active with that and it was fun. You know what the jam is? My roommate and I, when we were super broke, used to do this. Um, we used to do those on-demand workout classes, like on cable. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Know, I, like- to, I didn't do that. I used to, um, on Lifetime, obviously, actually, um, at like 6 a.m. Oh, my Austin. God. You used to yes. have the yoga and then the aerobics right after. Yes, I, I know. That. I totally remember that. Oh, my God. That is awesome. She was so positive and happy. And like, I got, I, yeah, I just... She's so like good to me. <laughs> I love that. She's so good to you. Oh, I hope you get to meet her someday. I would I love know. that. She's like so positive. Like her like motivational things she said and like just showing up was okay for her. Like just showing up and like being there was enough for her, you know? You're so cute. I love that. <laughs> that's so sweet. Um, I really, I think that's so sweet. Um, but yeah. So like they're at this gym, right? And the adults like DJ's gonna do the bike. Danny enjoys the bike. They tell her to go really slow. They have her yeah, like, like seven miles per hour. Yeah, and um, then this scene is so bizarre. The three guys take Michelle to like the kitty workout area. Like I don't know why all three of them had to watch Michelle do this because they're really bad at what they do. Like. They just abandon Stephanie, abandon DJ, and like go to Michelle all together to like watch, to like do this like really awkward like routine with her. Uh, it's like it's it's weird. It was weird. I can't explain it. Something's wrong with Becky too to have like bought in on all of this because not only does she, you know, marry her, her coworker's brother-in-law, but she like moves in with them and then wants to also be around them all the time. Like right now, Becky does not need to be at the gym with him. Like go get a manicure, go to a different gym. Pick the music for your wedding. Yeah. Like literally go out with one of your girlfriends. Like does Becky ever have a fucking friend on this show? That's what I'm saying. That's why like the house theory is there for me because like what else could you explain like the codependency and like the level of like the lack of lives they all have? with other people. Absolute lack of lives. Absolute lack of lives. You know, I, uh, yeah, it's really, when I really think about it, Becky might be the most troubled person of them all. Cause she has no tie has to no this family. family. Yeah. She, she talks has, about like, I think she's in Nebraska originally. She talks about that a lot, but like she's gone from there. Like they don't come to see her. I think her mom comes once. I think. Does, um, did Danny host wake up San Francisco in the first season? He was a sportscaster in the first season. He was like the first, yeah, he was doing sports and then he later landed that gig. Okay, that's right. That's right. And that's when Becky came in, like, was yeah. that season two? Yeah. Love that. Um, so, yeah, me, yeah, first of all, DJ pumps it up to level 75 on the bicycle. And Which they're who all, knew? all the gagging with Michelle. Yeah, who knew that there was a level 75? That's insane. To go, yeah, it's like to think like, yeah, I wonder how, what level it went, like maybe 100? I don't know. She went so hard, though. She's going hard. And that's the other sort of misconception that people who are trying to, like, jumpstart an eating disorder do is they just, like, go so hard. Like, how yeah. did she th- – you can't maintain that. 
like but yeah it's like oh god it's too real for me because I, I I do that whenever like decide I want to like do a certain thing it's like yeah you go I go way too hard too fast and like I get burnt out I do stuff like that too but I just know that like on a bike I'm gonna do it for four minutes like mm-hmm. if I'm going that hard whereas opposed to maybe I could get like 20 or 30 if I was going slower like yeah, exactly I uh I, I'm worried about DJ I feel like even if she had been eating that could have made her pass out yeah. Oh God. Oh, think about doing that on an empty stomach. Ugh. Um, yeah, no, that, no, 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 no. And she's not used to that at all. Um, but then the guys leave the kitty gym, right? I think they leave Michelle there. I'm not really sure, but they come out and yeah, we were there. And then all three of the guys like see like Stephanie and Becky, who I guess have been stretching this entire time before their aerobics class. Um, they come over and they're like, we're going to class, come with us. And then all of a sudden these hot girls walk by and they're all like, yeah, yeah, let's go. And I'm like, dude. So I think they left Michelle because of that. Like, I don't, I think they were like, they were going to maybe stay with her. And then like, they see the hot girls and they all just abandon responsibility again and go like ski, be skeevy with these women. But like, class. also like, uh, I don't know. Like, how are you going to go to a class and like perv on a bunch of other women when your daughter and, <laughs> and like, your so fiance sick. are in the same room? Like that would just like completely, why does that not ruin it for you guys? Like, I don't know, but That's, we're supposed um, to buy Becky's in on that. Broken. Stephanie doesn't know better at this point. Poor girl. Yeah. Before that, um, Danny is like they are they're working out and Danny's trying to do a, a head press or a bench press and they're watching him do that. Um and DJ finished on the bike and she goes to the stairmaster and then Becky grabs them to do the workout. Yeah, so they're like working out. Also they're working out as a group together, like they're watching Danny do the um the bench press. Um That's right, that's right. Yeah, these guys yeah, need have, to get a life. Know. Why do they even belong there if they're just going to fuck around? It's not cheap to belong to a gym. It's so annoying when I think about it. The more I think about it, the more annoyed I get. Yeah. Um, so they, they're in the, the workout class, and they're just, like, kind of flailing around. And the instructor calls them out and says, like, you keep staring at women isn't a workout. Mm-hmm. Um, and she brings them up front to, like, yeah, so they can, like, see her better and, like, not skeeve on women their dad and like falling over each other and Stephanie says oh I gotta show DJ she has to see this um and they learn that that's just a warm-up so they're super out of shape and DJ's graduated to like a um a stair machine yeah and she's like weighing herself in between um like machines which is not how losing weight works like that's not gonna show up yeah super clueless about how weight loss works in general that's why she's being so hard on herself, man. She doesn't know those results aren't going to show up for like 12 hours. But yeah, she, um, as soon as like Stephanie walks out, she happens to catch the moment that DJ. All right, now that we're all warmed up, let's start the class. I'm going to go work out with Michelle. I better go with you. I better stay here. Why? Because I can't move. Dad, you come over to aerobics. You're missing the fun. I'll be right there. Dad, DJ! DJ, are you okay? Yeah, I just got a little dizzy. Here, drink this. 
How do you feel now, Deej? Uh, I'm okay. I guess I just overdid it. But DJ, Steph, I'm okay. I think we better go get Michelle and go home. Come on. I remember this fainting being much worse. Me like too. as a child, she fell out. Like she, but I thought she like went, was unconscious, but she didn't fall. She wasn't unconscious. She just like fell down. Like enough that if like if Stephanie hadn't known that she was starving herself, she would have literally just blown it off. Yeah, like oh, you fell. Like I believe it looks like she like fell down or tripped on something, you know? Yeah, or she had like a brief moment of like a faint head, like as one would have after they've been working out. Like they've done this their whole life for the last fifteen minutes. Like she went so hard, I'd just be like, whatever. But Stephanie knows what's up, man. She knows that this bitch has not been eating. And she calls for help. She's breaking that pinky swear. Yeah. And she did it in like a fantastic fashion too. Like she fucking put her on blast in front of everybody. Mm -hmm. I love that. I love a good snitch. I love when people just like are unapologetically going to tell someone and tell the truth. That's fun for me. You should make a Takashi 6ix9ine meme. Oh my Uh, God. That's fast. I, I just, I just, I'm so, I just wonder what the end game is that is for him like does he know that people can hear what he's saying and like how i literally cannot believe that this man thinks that they, like he has life after this like the, does I, he think like a closed courtroom means like no one can like report on what's going on and he hasn't realized like there are reporters in there like to, writing down what he's saying and reporting it out to the world like Oh, he knows. He knows all of this. Is I mean, he, for some reason, he agreed to this. I cannot imagine being afraid for the rest of my life that someone's going to come up to me and hurt me much worse than if I had just been in prison. Like, like either he has a death which he, and he wants to die or he, like, thinks witness protection is going to be successful for him. And that it's going to be, like, bomb because, like, I mean, this man lives, like, a really good life. Like, realistically, they're going to send him out somewhere into the country where, like, he's not ever going to be able to see his family or, like, anyone else again. Like, someone for, somewhere far enough where, like, the 6 9 on his, on his face isn't, like, att- going to, like, attract attention or, like, he's going to get it removed or something. I don't know. Like, I don't know what his I, Like, is. yeah, what's the game plan with his face? Like, I think they must be planning on, like, tattoo removal. But... Like, what is that? That's going to take years. I just, yeah, I just can't, what he's saying and like, I just, I am just fascinated by that. Like, I can't, I never in my life would have expected to like. At the same time though, like, I don't think he's snitching on anything that we didn't already know. Like, like, why say that though? That's the thing. It's like, it's already like an open secret. Like, but why? Probably. Probably because if he puts it on record, then that's enough for him to get. I mean, he would be out. Like, if the judge writes the letter that he needs, um, he would be out already. Like, he would get to leave, like, that day because of time served so far. So the only thing he's pleading guilty to is, like, like, so fucked up, but, like, beating his girlfriend. So he would be on a domestic violence charge, which probably would not be more than, like, a year or so. Exactly. And he would get, like, the street cred he's probably been craving his whole life to, like, actually do time for something. But, like, saying Cardi B is a blood, like, is not a revelation. Like, she even sat with GQ and, like, talked about it in a GQ interview. Yeah. Like, all I got from this is that Takashi 69 has Google and, like, some sort of, like, idea of what's going on in pop culture right now. Like, everyone he outed is already a known gang member. So, I can't imagine this, like, putting a mark on him other than the fact that he's taking down the whole, like, local 
like blood sect that he's in. He's just burning bridges. Like he has no like backup after this. Like, I don't know. Yeah. He's just like. I can't imagine wanting to live after this. I really can't. I would be like, it's over for me. It's a wrap. Like, you have, just, oh, yeah, you have to start over completely. Like, you're not a rapper anymore. You're like, I don't know, an insurance salesman. Or like, you're like a desk job or something. I don't know. Or like, you're like in the packing, like you're packing boxes or something. I don't know. Yeah, I don't think Daniel Hernandez has like the um, sort of like the range to pull off a whole new life either. Like, can can you imagine him being someone that works in a call center? Like, you would know the second you were talking to them that you were talking to Takashi Six Nine. Exactly. It's like, are you gonna like? It's gonna be either like you're just going to live off of like your helping use your save money or you're going to like start dealing drugs or something. Yeah. I'm confused about his whole thing. And I also am confused about why he's like, I, for, I'm confused about why he's quote unquote allowed to say the N word first of all, but I'm shocked that he's using it in testimony in court. I'm like, dude, your smart. vocabulary is so limited. <laughs> like you are limited. Like he hasn't, there's basic words that he doesn't know that they're at. They, he didn't know the word, um, like lingo the other day. Yeah. I believe that. I believe that. Oh, that that sad man. Very sad man. Um, But let's get back to these sad men. What was... (laughs) Yeah, Stephanie snitches and then, like, they're back at home. um, And DJ comes downstairs after taking a nap. um, And everyone's concerned about her. Um, Joey made her favorite meal, which is chicken parmesan, and offers her to taste the sauce because he apparently made it from scratch, which is, like, a moment for Joey that, like, who knew that... Joey could make like sauce from scratch, like he that or had that kind of range. But good for him. Yeah, yeah. Gladstone is not an Italian name, you know. So no. it's it was a surprise for me too. Yeah, and DJ declines because she says she just brushed her teeth, which is a classic excuse for people who aren't eating. Yeah, um, but luckily they all push back on that and say, um, like, why would you brush before dinner? And she gets testy and says that she has to, um, she's going to go to Kimmy's for dinner. And then Stephanie calls her out on that and says, oh, you can't let her go. She's not going to eat if she goes. And tells Danny not to believe her. And then DJ has another excuse. It's like basically like her like <laughs> coming up with a lie and like being called on it immediately the whole time. Yeah, I can't imagine Kimmy's mom is a good cook at all. Like that's probably when we knew the lie was happening when she was going <laughs> like to volunteer. At best they're eat. eating like microwave dinner or takeout at best. Yeah, I feel like they would do jokes about how, like, her mom would put, like, sardines and stuff. So, yeah, um, yeah that's when we knew she was lying. But, yeah, they... Stephanie that chicken the hammer and says, like, good. she hasn't eaten in three days, which I guess they didn't know at that point. Yeah, what happened at the gym? Like, how I thought that's where they sort of... That revelation already happened. Am I, I wrong? They, no, I think you're right. They, they didn't, she didn't say it. Like, she just, like, the moment where Stephanie just looked worried and, like, she um, tried to say something. It was like, but DJ. And then DJ says, Stephanie, I'm fine. And then it cuts to this. So I think, um, no, I guess Stephanie didn't call her out in the gym. I think she just, like, wanted to. Oh, shit. You're right. You're right. Yeah. Oh, my God, though. That chicken parm sounds good. I know. I'm, I'm hungry now. I'm, I just got hungry, too. Fuck. I'm going to order food after this. I'm going to order some um, seamless Oh, delicious. Maybe I should order a chicken parmesan. Oh, my God. So good. I always want to figure out where Trisha Paytas got her chicken parmesan that she ate when um, that, like, broke up her last relationship. They got into a huge fight about chicken parmesan. And I'm, like, dying to know where that's from because I'm, like, I need to know the chicken parm that ruined a relationship. I'm sure you can figure it out. After, like, you can, if you dig a lot around her, like, history, like, you can, you can figure it out. Like, do some triangulation about, like, where she lives versus, like parm options in that area 
it kills me that she's never said the name. Like it almost feels intentional. Honestly, like you she's can hiding ask her. it. I think you just ask her on Twitter and she'll probably tell you. I'll try. I'll try. Yeah. Okay, sorry. Yeah, so then Stephanie, that's when Stephanie drops the bomb that she hasn't been eating in three days. And then the guys finally step in. <laughs> um, and Jesse says she needs to eat. Um, Joey says um, it can cause irreparable damage to her body. And Danny says it can lead to serious eating disorders. So they all like hit all three angles from it about it. Which I was kind of thinking, because I was like, no, that is an eating disorder. She already is doing the eating disorder. Like, it's not, yeah, it can't lead to what she already has. He's like, it it could lead to anorexia. I'm like, yeah, that's what she's doing, dog. (laughs) Like, I'm like, that's literally what she's already doing. I thought that was like a really, I don't know, for some reason that like cracked me up, which is not probably an appropriate reaction, but I thought that was funny. No, it makes sense. Like, they're so completely clueless and like incapable of helping this child. Hi, guys. Hey, TJ. You feeling better after your nap, honey? Yeah, I'm as good as new. Are you sure? Yes, I'm sure. Are you really sure? Would everybody quit making such a big deal about this? Deej, I made your favorite chicken parmesan. Come here and check out this sauce. I can't. I just brushed my teeth. Before dinner? Doesn't anybody care about dental hygiene around here? Whoa, DJ, calm down. I happen to care very deeply about our family's teeth and gums. <laughs> now, what's going on? Nothing is going on. I'm going to Kimmy's for dinner. Don't believe her, Dad. Steph, you pinky swore. I don't care. I don't want you to get sick. Dad, I know why DJ's acting so cranky and why she got dizzy today. She hasn't eaten anything in three days. Is that true? You haven't eaten anything in three days? DJ, I think you should sit down and eat right now. I can't. I'm finally starting to lose weight. DJ, you're starving yourself. You could do serious damage to your body. DJ, this kind of behavior can lead to serious eating disorders, anorexia, bulimia. You're headed down a dangerous road here. I don't care. I'm the one that has to wear the bathing suit next week. It's my life, and I can do whatever I want. Um, and DJ still, like, in her, like, angry, like cranky because she hasn't eaten in so long so she's cranky saying like she doesn't care it's her body and she just wants to look good um and um bj she runs away crying upstairs um and this is like the talk which this talk is like the least satisfying talk i've seen in like a full house episode in a while like, normally the talks are actually really good like actually really insightful but like i'm just really disappointed in danny's talk in this episode uh, bj we have to talk you don't understand I don't like the way I look. I want to look like these models. Why? Because they're beautiful. Well, so are you. Oh, yeah? Well, show me one girl in here with this round face and these Charlie Brown cheeks. Honey, people come in all different shapes and sizes. Everybody wishes they could change something about themselves. Heck, when I was a kid, I wished I could have been more like that guy on The Incredible Hulk. You want to be a big green monster with muscles? No, not him, the other guy, the guy that turned into the Hulk. (laughs) (sighs) He was just nice and average. He wasn't too tall, wasn't too skinny. He didn't stick out like I thought I did. Then I realized he didn't have it so easy either. Every time he lost his temper, he had to buy a new shirt. Well, you made me smile, but there's still no way I'm wearing a bathing suit in front of my friends. 
Okay. Let me ask you a question. Why do you like your friends? Because they're nice and we have fun together and we do stuff for each other. Not because they all look like models. No. Maybe that's because deep down inside you know that how a person looks on the outside isn't nearly as important as who they are on the inside. Right? Right. Honey, I just wish you would try to see yourself the way you see your friends. Deej, you've got such a good heart. You care about people. And that's why people care about you. And everybody who knows the real DJ thinks she's pretty terrific. Thanks, Dad. I love you. I love you, too. That's why I want you to take care of yourself. I want you to promise me that you're going to eat healthy and exercise the right way. I promise. No more crash diets. I'm going to go to Kimmy's party and have fun with my friends. Yeah. <laughs> and he was like, and then he's like, I wanted to be that. But then I realized every time, you know, he'd get angry, his shirt ripped. And I, uh, I, I don't think I realized till you just said it. He literally was talking about being the average ass dude. You're so right. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know, people who are skinny naturally or just like really thin, they're always most clueless about like what their rounder friends are going through. Yeah, that's like the Kimmy thing there where it's like, dude, like you just don't, you don't get it, dude. Like she, she doesn't want to go to the birthday party because it's a whole mindset for her. Like it's a whole like lifestyle for her at this point. Yeah. Um, She thinks something like, like seriously wrong with like the way her body is and like she wants to change it. And like you saying your body is like what she wants isn't helpful. That thin privilege, you know, that she Mm -hmm. just doesn't realize it's right there. And that's such a weak talk for the gravity of this episode. I feel like he should have, I was waiting for a little bit more from that. Yeah, I I think it's, like, interesting, too, because, like, he's not telling her, like, the truth, which is that also, like, everyone is beautiful in their own way. Like, he's he's not he's not telling her that she's not, like, out of shape or unattractive. Like, she's, he's, like, literally just being like, well, everyone deals with the cards they get, you know, what, <laughs> it's what's on the inside that counts. Whereas, like, I think maybe just being like, DJ, you're gorgeous. Like, there are a lot of people all over the world who would love to look like you. Like, exactly. you know, like, I don't know. It just was like, I think that was the part that bothered me because I was like, unless there's a reason why, like, as if maybe they're like, well, maybe some of the people watching this will be unattractive. Like, it just seemed like, I'm like, dude, the thing that we need here is for you to tell your daughter that she's beautiful. Like, yeah, she's I think like, that she, what she needs is like help loving her body as it is and not like to know that like, oh, we just have to deal with it. And like your friends, like your personality. It's like, no, no, no. Yeah, we're like, all out here all- knowing. We know, like, we know that like, you know, it matters what's on the inside. That doesn't mean that you can like totally avoid the issue, you know? Exactly. It uh, that was a, a the weirdest part of the talk for me because you told me to what to like make sure to think of my thoughts on it mm-hmm. and I remember watching it thinking like this is adequate like I was waiting to be offended or something but it was pretty adequate um but yeah I uh, it didn't it's not realistic to have like done a job because honestly like if you go back you know, like 
whatever, if you happen to like stumble upon another Full House episode, like the talks are actually really like insightful and good. And like there, and what last season we talked about an episode where Michelle um, was having issues with like being friends with the boy and like she wanted to be a boy for a while. Um, and Danny talks about like what it's like for her to be a girl. And it's like, he doesn't mention like her beauty at all. He's like being in what matters is that you're a good person, that you're smart and you're nice. And like, it doesn't matter. And he doesn't mention about like any sort of like physical attributes, like way is good that she's a girl. I don't know. It's like, he's usually like more like nuanced and like more impressive with his talks. Yeah. Yeah. He, um, you know, they can only do so much. I think that Joey would have been better equipped for this conversation if I'm being honest. I agree. Yeah. You're right. Cause you got to get Joey in there and what it's like to like feel he's a comedian. He's wounded. We got to get the wounded guy in there. You can't have wounded. I feel, yeah, I feel like (sighs) I wish they utilized Joey more. Cause I I feel like I told you in the notes, like Joey's always doing something like sort of odd in the background. I feel like I just want to dig into like his interior mind because I think it's really sad. Mm hmm. Yeah. Yeah, poor poor Joey. I think that he could have been the he could have really changed things here, but you know, for some reason he wasn't brought in. I do I do think it's also weird to watch a male parent and I think that this is part of like the whole show. This is the essence of what the show is is watching these men deal with young girls, but it is it's awkward to watch a father talk his daughter through an eating disorder knowing that he himself has never had to live through something like that and never will yeah I feel like yeah I wonder like can can oh I just wonder like how hard it must be for a man to give an eating disorder talk to a girl <laughs> like how I mean I'm sure yeah. like, I'm sure like there are dads out there who are like single parents and like have to have had to do that um hopefully they were successful but like yeah it's like it's such a disconnect about what the girl a teenage girl is actually feeling and what she needs also to Jesse's the one who knows his sister's genetics. Like he can actually like have a real conversation with her about why these traits are in the family. Like, you know, why she has a rounder face or whatever. Like that's actually an interesting conversation. Like you want to know where like you feel better about yourself when you know where certain things come from. And I think that Jesse could have even been more appropriate than uh, Danny here. Yeah. But then you have to think about like how they literally have no plan on how to do this scenario they're all they're all stuck in like they had no like they're not like taking they're not reading parenting books they're not going to classes you're just like winging it as they go that's the truth and also they did have to sort of rotate who was like the grounded adult in each episode like uncle jesse couldn't give two pep talks in a row no 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 yeah to rotate and yeah joey's lucky if he gets to give a talk yes <laughs> Uh-huh. It is true. Joey's like the one that they sort of go to first when they don't want the real answer. Like, yeah, to get like the sort of like either like a joke or like a, a way, a easy way out, or just like a yeah, soft a yes, way. yeah. The real, the real, t- the real team. Um, <laughs> oh yeah, in the end of the talk, he says like, "Oh, I wish that you could see yourself the way you see your friends. Um, you got such a good heart. You care about people, and that's why people care about you." Um, people who know the real DJ care about her. Um, the part about like, I wish you could see yourself the way people, your friends see you is like straight talk from one of my therapy sessions about like looking at yourself from a different point of view and like seeing your, like when you talk to your friend, the way you're talking about yourself. Is a thing that it is, it is hard to like, especially being on the outside. Like I have a couple friends that are just like, you know, they struggle with their self image, but like to me, like uh, 
like, I'm like, you're fucking crazy, dude. Like you are so beautiful. Like, do you know, like there are people that literally would like pay a million dollars to have your face and like, they just never will. And like, it's, you know, you feel so bad because someone, you know, they're, it's so hard to watch your friend beat themselves up. It really is. It's like, and I don't know, you, we say these things like, but when in reality, like we're not always kind to ourselves either. So it's like, I'm, yeah, I'm way harder, obviously on myself than I am with my friends. And like, I wouldn't imagine, I could never in my, well, I could never imagine talking to my friend the way I talk about myself. Um, it's so, yeah, it's like, yes. It's hard too. Cause like you want to also let someone be valid with their feelings. You know, like I will say to sometimes if a friend of mine is like beating themselves up, I'll be like, don't talk to my friend like that, you know? And, but at the same time, you, you need to let them get that out because they know a lot of times people know that they're being completely fucking irrational. And like, they've been through this before. And like, this is just another time in their life that they're going through this. Like, you also need to let people talk, but sometimes it's so, it's like just sucks to watch someone tear themselves down. That's like amazing. Yeah. I want, I think about that a lot. Like, what am I being like helpful and like not, you know, like, the advice or like, or not giving advice to my friends? Like, am I like giving them space to like feel shitty, but also like not encouraging it at the same time? Yeah. It's, it's um, probably one of the harder things about like friendship overall is like showing up for your friend and like either listening or, you know, letting them or like, you know, stopping them before things get crazy, but also like not trying to impose advice, just trying to listen. But like, it's, it's really hard. It's, it's, um, especially if like you are someone that is like super considerate of people's feelings or whatever. It's just like, it's, yeah, it's a hard, it's a hard thing about being a friend, which is, you know, whatever, it's all worth it. But it definitely, I'm like, how can I, like, how am I like, how can I show up and honor this person while also like, you know, not letting them hurt themselves, but also not trying to get in their space and learn their lessons for them. That's like the thing that I have the hardest with, with being a friend is like letting my friends learn their lessons on their own. Like I get so nervous and I'm like, don't do that. Like, don't, you know, don't talk to that person. Don't do this. You know, don't call him back or whatever. And then, you know, they do it anyway. And I'm just like, I wish I could have spared you this pain. But, you know, everyone has to learn these things on their own. You have to. And I have such a, I have a really hard time watching my friends go through like them learning something that I've already learned. I'm oh, like, yeah. so I want to stop the car crash, you know? Exactly. But you can't. That's really hard. I'm glad you said that because I feel, I feel like that's one of my biggest insecurities as a friend is like how I just like, because my friendship is so important because I'm like, I moved from Alabama and I've been like on my own pretty much for a long time since I was 18. And like, so my friendships are like, are like my family. So like being a good friend yeah. is like such a like huge thing for me. And like, I always feel like really insecure about like, am I being a good enough friend? Or like, am I giving them what they need? Cause I feel like, I don't know, it's, uh, it's, I'm glad you said it. Cause I feel like I'm like, I felt so like alone or like, I felt like I wasn't the only one who like <laughs> thought about that so much. No, I like it. It can, you know, I'm the same way. My friends are like my family. And I did realize that, you know, 
with sort of like trying to get in the way of people like learning hard lessons on their own that I was just being a cock block. Like I became someone that they less and less wanted to come to about this stuff because I'd be like, no, 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 don't do that. Like don't, you know, don't learn your lesson. Trust me, you saw me go through this, right? Like this is the exact same thing. And, you know, people in the moment, especially if it's like a guy or someone they're excited about romantically or something, they don't want to, they they don't want to like admit that it's the same thing. And so all you do in the process is you make yourself harder to talk to because you're trying to like prevent them from something that ultimately everyone's going to have to go through. Um, Yeah. It's, if it's not going to like kill them or it's not going to put them in a physical harm, like it's just like you got through it and your friend will get through it too. You just have to like, it's shitty. You have to like sit back and like watch it happen. Yeah. And God knows like my friends have watched me go through shit too. And like just been even more helpless because they hadn't, you know, gone through it or whatever yet. So like in a weird way, it's like, I have to honor that and let them have that time to, you know, be, yeah, to go through that. I mean, it's just, it's necessary human growth, but it does make me feel like the mother to like teenagers sometimes. Like when I see someone like to go into a relationship pattern that they had seen me like survive or whatever survive, meaning like I had lived through it. And, um, then like trying to get them to not, yeah. Trying to get them to not do that. Like it's, it's not helpful. It's not helpful. Um, you're just a cock block. Sorry. I kind of forgot what I was going to say, but um, I I think it's like, we're still on topic too. We're still talking about like what DJ, like how would you even handle like a kid? Yeah. I mean, that's yeah you can't I mean you can't I mean especially like I mean I don't know how to make it better like I really don't know if there was anything that someone could have said to me that would have made me feel better except like I'm going to pay for you to have plastic surgery like I think that the journey that especially with like eating disorders that we face is that like we're just constantly reminded of it like we are like our identities are tied to these like sacks of skin that we're in. So it's impossible to sort of not think about it because uh, that's like our entire exterior. That's like everything that we put out to the world. So it's a, it's a really hard thing. Like, I don't know. I think it's a big, another one of the many reasons why, like if I ever were to raise a child, it would probably be like a kid that already needed a home because like, I don't know how to navigate someone through that. I would like to think I could try my best, but I just don't know that like I have that skill. I find it very daunting. And I I think that it's also something that most people don't know the answer to. Like you really would have to have a a mom who's like an eating disorder therapist in order to like help you with that. Exactly. Yeah. And even that. The best thing you do is just put put them in therapy and like hope for the best. Because I feel, yeah, I like... (laughs) Yeah, I think the only thing that would have helped me at the time was, like, to be in therapy, honestly. Yeah, because you're, like, confronted with, like, you know, people always say it's, like, the magazines and television and stuff like that. It's much more simple than that. It's, like, our classmates and the people that you see on the street and, like, the girl that's, like, laughing at the bar or wherever you are that you're just, like, wow, like, what does she have going on that I can get closer to that? Like how, how is like, you know, life seems to be going better for her and it's not going great for me. The main difference is that I'm uncomfortable with my body. Like it's also, you know, you're extrapolating a lot from like, you know, 
basically like just a glance at someone's life um, and putting it on yourself. When I think now that I'm older and I'm sure like you've probably gotten to this a while ago too, like you wouldn't really trade your life and problems for anyone else's. So a lot of the people I know that have like these great bodies, frankly, I don't want their life either. you know yeah yeah it's like how they get it like what they go through to get that body that they have either it's like natural for them it's like easy for them to get it or they work really hard and like to a point like you probably wouldn't like it you know yeah or like they're just day-to-day lifestyle or beliefs or interests or whatever are different like it's just different yeah it's different than mine and I yeah I don't want anyone else's problems when I look at people who are very type a like people that are you know are in relationships where they bond over exercising and are like, go get them type of people. Like, I'm just like, oh my God, that's exhausting. Like, I would never want to live my life like by, like, you know, by the standards of a person who like has to live that way. That's like their journey and their truth, but it's definitely not mine. Yeah. I think that would make my life really unenjoyable if like, if it, if eating and fitness make what's placed such a big role in it and it wouldn't be fulfilling for me but yeah everyone's different you know and they're probably really happy who knows yeah everyone has like a different you know a different point of reference for what's you know what's normal okay that's the entire episode we did all of it that was so fun (laughs) thank you for doing that um yeah i do that anytime that was really fun i liked that yeah it's a great episode and it's like one of the heavy hitters. I'm so glad. I'm glad you got to do it with me. That was great. Yeah. I want to come back and do like a zany one or something. Sometime. Yeah. We can do like a, your, we can cover your sister do, if you're comfortable with that. If not, just let me know. <laughs> Thank you for being respectful. I appreciate that. Yeah. We'll think about it. I'm not sure. Um, maybe the one where like, um, one of the ones where she's friends with Gia would be good. Oh yes. Uh, we are, we already did where we first meet Gia when Stephanie smokes in middle school for the first time, but that's more about her like other friend she meets. Um, but yeah, when she actually becomes friends with Gia, we can do one of those. Um, maybe not the one where Gia like is in, car, in a car crash because that's too serious. That is um, Marla Sokoloff, right? Mm-hmm. Did she did she die in that car crash? I think she did. Yeah, she did. She did die. Oh, that's awful. Yeah, it is. Mm. That is sad. Ugh, didn't oh, have to happen that way. Enough, she's thriving. She's doing fine. She has kids. She she loves her kids. She's like living a great life now in L.A. <laughs> I love Marla Sokolov. She was great on The Practice, too. What else was she in? Like, I know, I think I remember seeing her in, like, some other... She was in um, Phenom, I think. Oh, I loved Phenom. I don't know if she was on Phenom. That was, like, a blonde girl in... But I think she was, like, in, like, peripheral. Oh, like, a friend. She actually was, like, a good, like, 90s sort of character actress. Like, she was that girl that always... She was never the lead, but she came in and gave really powerful, like, guest performances. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, I stand her. Um, this was so much fun. Thank you for having me. Thank you. Uh, do you want people to, like, look follow you online? Yeah, come listen to Mother May I Sleep With podcast. We're all about Lifetime movies, and then I'm just Malls on Twitter and Instagram. Yeah, if you listen, if you like Full House, you will love Molly's um, Lifetime podcast. Of course. No, thank you so much for having me, and um, I'm excited for the rest of your season. I listened to a couple episodes, and I think you've got a good thing going on over here. Oh, thank you so much. All right. Thank you. All right, honey. All right, have a good one. Bye. Bye.